Viagra. I very often wondered why is it that the Oilam runs away from Bekiya Seder in the morning? And I finally chopped this week that the Oilam is going from Bekiya Seder to Musar Seder because I was this week to read the back of the ShopRite cornflakes box. And I want to share with you some of the Yisoydois that it says on the box of ShopRite cornflakes. So they say, what experiences or achievements do you hope to accomplish in your lifetime? In other words, what do you want to do off with your life? And so they say your inspiration starts here, right on the back of the ShopRite Cornflakes box. So I want to share with you what you can do to inspire your life. So the first yesoid that you have to know is eat with chopsticks. Now, I was thinking, how are we going to eat saksuka with chopsticks? I'm not sure. But that's okay, that's the haschola. The next thing it says is blow bubbles. Now, I know there are guys in my class, I couldn't understand they're chewing gum in the middle of class and blowing bubbles. And now I hop that the Gemara is not as inspiring as blowing bubbles. Push it. The next one is jump in a puddle. And then choose different pizza toppings. So in other words, instead of having cheese on your pizza, have tuna fish, chunk light. Try that a while. So these are the things that will inspire you. If you want the rest of the list, I can arrange it. But these are some of the things that can inspire you to achieve the greatness that's waiting for you in this world. And what is the potential of every person? So here I want to share with you another piece of chachma from the Welt, which I've shared in the past. In the Guinness Book of World Records, it interviews the world's greatest record holder, Ashrita Furman, who set the world's record for milk bottle balancing by walking 26 miles balancing a milk bottle on his head on August 13, 1987. He also set the world's record for consecutive games of hopscotch, playing 1,472 games between April 3rd and April 5th in 1973. 
He also set the record for pogo stick jumping. He traveled from Boulder, Colorado to Denver, Colorado on October 14th, 1997, a total of 15 miles. He accomplished it without stopping in four hours and 37 minutes. And finally, he has the world's record for joggling, which is juggling and jogging at the same time. And he did that for 37 miles consecutively on a highway between... Uh, Denver, Colorado, and Boulder, Colorado. And so when it interviewed, Ashrita Furman said, the Guinness Book of World Records has helped me achieve my potential. So here we have it. How are you going to be inspired to reach your potential? You'll jump in puddles, try new pizza toppings, and practice your pogo stick, and it'll inspire you to become a great person. The world is crazy. It's one big masquerade. What's the real potential and inspiration? A Yid's inspiration is a blot gemara, a shmaka toisvis, a Shabbos, a yontiv, a tefillah, seeing a godel. That's inspiration. And what does it inspire you to become? How great can you become? What's your potential to be godlike? We have the potential to be godlike. Not to set records playing hopscotch consecutively. But that's the world we live in. And this is the idea of Zechira Mechias Amolek. Because what did Amalek do? There was Kriyas Yamsuf. And the whole world was trembling. They were inspired by Kriyas Yamsuf. And Amole comes and says, what's the big inspiration? Why don't you just try new pizza toppings? That's the world. A world of chitzonius. When the Megillah talks about Homon, Homon comes home by Yisapar Homon, Everything, I have children, I have money, I have wealth, I have a palace, that's else, that's me. Cloud Yisrael is to be people that it's not the facade, it's the panemius that matters. That's what Cloud Yisrael is supposed to be. I want to tell you a story of the origin of the Musser movement. What prompted Rabbi Saul Salanter to start the Musser movement? So in the city of Salant, I'm not sure if it was Mamish, the, the Mysa took place in Salant, but Loma Zogin, it was in Salant. So they had two wedding halls where people could get married. There was the wedding hall for the rich people, Leonards of Salant. And then there was the wedding where the poor people got married, the Takona package, a terrace Gertrude. 
So there was a Yid who was a shoemaker. And his entire life, he was dreaming that when his daughter becomes a Kala, he's going to marry her off in Leonard's of Salant. I, he was poor, barely eked out a living, but for when his daughter was born, he was putting away coins because he's going to save up. He's going to have the chasna for his daughter in Leonard's. And so he added up, the money came adding up and adding up. When she ready, finally was ready to get married, he had enough to cover some of the chasna. He borrowed a lot of money. He, 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 you know, he did whatever he could, and he was able to make the chasna in the chasna hall of the gvirim. And it was a big event, and everybody was excited. All the aniyim came, and they felt very stolz that they were invited to Leonard's or Solant, and everybody was excited. In the middle of the chasna, one of the gvirim, who Fishtetzach made his chasna in Leonard's, goes over to the shoemaker and lifts up his shoe and he says, Ramatel, how much does it cost to fix my shoes? The shoemaker was so mavuyish, such a bizoyan. And we saw Salanta heard about this. That's what inspired him to begin the Musser movement. But what, what lies in that Misa? I can't fat truck. I can't deal with it. That some poor person should use my chasna hole. What do you care? So he wants to make a nice chasna. What's gaiter on? Because this is my gashmias. This is my chitzonias. What makes me chashim that you don't make your chasna here? That's why I'm special. Because I make my chasna here. And if you make it here, I'm not so special. The chitzonius is what matters. People fly first class on an airplane. Will you pay $1,000 to have a little bit more legroom? You get the same Coke and the same peanuts. But you get legroom. You get a bigger seat. And if somebody gave me $1,000 to sit in a squished seat for, uh, for two hours, I would grab it. But it's not the pshat that I want the comfort. It's the pshat that everybody else is in the back and I'm in the front. It's choshev. I'm in the front. And it's that you're not here. Remember one airline, when you went onto the plane, so there were two ways you could go on the plane. There was a red carpet for the first class passengers and a regular carpet for everybody else. Now, believe me, it doesn't make a difference if you get on the plane walking on the red carpet on a green carpet. But people think it's more chosh if I walk on the red carpet. It's all chitzonius. It's all a facade. And Purim, we have to learn that the whole world is just a facade. The whole world is a big masquerade. And the world doesn't hop that behind the mask there's a Rebbeinu And Klal Yisrael discovered that. Mm-hmm. that. Behind the mask there's the Rebbeinu The maskilim they wanted to 
the Chassam Soifa used to fight against the Maskilim. So they wanted to get one over on the Chassam Soifa. The Chassam Soifa used to fahir children, and if they did well, he gave them a candy. So they decided, we're going to fahir a Goyish, we're going to teach a Goyish a kid Chumash. And we'll have him get fahaired by the Chassam Soifa, and the Chassam Soifa will give him candy? And we're going to laugh and make fun of the Chassam Soifa. He gave candy to a Goyish a kid, you see, if I hears these kids, and even a Goy can get a candy. So they worked with this kid, and they taught him Hebrew, they taught him Chumash, he knew the Rashi's coal, everything, Gavaldic, and they're working with him for, uh, for, for months and months. This kid is mamish, they dress him up like a Hamish, a Yiddish, a kind, and he goes into the Chassam Soifer, and he knows the parasha beautifully, and everything is, and he sits down, and the Chassam Soifer looks at him for a minute and says, Shagets, get out of here! So they asked the Chassam Soifa, how did you know? I mean, the, the kid knew his stuff. He didn't, even, he didn't even give him a chance to open his mouth. He said, because when a Yiddish kind comes and I'm about to fahir him, he's shuckling back and forth. This kid stood there and he sat there like Mamish. He was frozen. That's not a Yiddish kind. Yiddish kind has a panemius. Panemius that's on fire. Why do we shuckle when we daven? Do you ever see a flame that flickers? That's your neshama. You daven, you're talking to the boy neshama. You don't stand still. You're shaking, you're shuckling. Unless you beshik to stand still. But then, but lemaisa, a yid has a panemius. Some say for store straight through. There's no panemius. See, this is what Klal Yisrael saw. They saw, finally, on Purim, that the whole world is a masquerade. It's all false. Homon, Achashveirosh, it's all one big facade. Behind it all is HaKadosh Baruch And so, Kimu Vekiblu HaYehudim Deimu Mekayim and Mekabal the Torah. For once and for all, to be Mekabal the Torah, that's the way it has to be. I think I once learned this lesson myself. I once was in, I was still working in Denver. I was back east recruiting Talmidim. So I rented a car. You do it when you rent the car, you have to return and put the gas back in. If you don't put the gas back in, they charge you $85 a gallon. So I didn't want to pay that much money, so on the way to the airport, I filled up with gas. While I'm filling up with gas, I'm talking to my wife or someone on my phone, and I didn't realize that usually when the tank is full, the, 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 the gas start, shuts off. For some reason here, the pump didn't shut off. And I'm standing there talking, and in the meantime, the gasoline is coming out, and I'm standing in a puddle of gasoline. Finally, I shut it off, and uh, I go back to the airport, and I have my baggage and my luggage, and uh, I realize that my shoes are smelling of gasoline. My hands smell like gasoline. I go into the bathroom, I wash my hands as good as possible, and I go to give my luggage to the luggage guy, and he says, 
smells like gasoline over here. I said, listen, I was filling up my gas tank, and the gas ran over, and I was standing in the puddle, and so that's all that is. He says, okay, and he takes my luggage. So uh, I get on the plane. I'm sitting towards the back. Some guy walks to the back, and he goes, smells like gasoline over here. And I said, well, you know, actually, it's my shoes. I was filling up my gas tank, and the gas tank ran over, and I was standing in a puddle, and therefore, uh, it smells like gasoline. So, okay. Another guy comes to the back. It smells like gasoline over here. I said, eh, it's me. I, I was filling up my gas tank, and the gas tank ran over, and I was standing in a puddle of gasoline. A few minutes later, the stewardess comes out, and she says, uh, Excuse me, sir, but uh, have you been dealing with gasoline? Yeah, well, actually, I rented a car, and it was filling up my gas tank, and the gas tank ran over, and I was standing in the puddle of gasoline. Then the pilot comes to the back. He says, excuse me, sir, um, what exactly are you doing? Do you work with gasoline? Do you work with uh, motors, with engines? What's going on over here? You have a bomb attached to your pants or something? I say, no, actually not. You see, I was filling up my car, and the gas tank ran over, and I was standing in a puddle of gasoline. So then they come over to me, and they say, excuse me, sir, would you mind taking off your shoes? I say, no problem. They say, we, we can't, uh, you know, we, we'll, we'll put your shoes away. It's weapons of mass destruction. Say, no, no problem, I'd have to deal with my feet, but okay, you know. So I take off my shoes, and they give me these beautiful slippers that you get on the airplane if you're flying first class, which of course I wasn't, but, you know. So um, I get to Denver, and I go to the front gate, and I say, can I have my shoes back? And I say, oh, no, sir, we left them back in New York. We can't take them on the airplane. Those are um, weapons of mass destruction. So I had to walk from the gate all the way to my car that was parked in these slippers and basically barefoot with my socks all the way to my car. And I was thinking to myself, it's got to be a shot why this happened to me. Why did I have to walk barefoot all the way to my car, lost my shoes? What did the Rabbeinu want from me? And I think... I was in Lakewood, BMG, and one of the Rosh Yeshivas was there on the other side of the hall, and I was debating, should I go over and give Sholem and Shmuz with him, and I said, I'm not, I, I'm too lazy. So Rebbein said to me, you don't want to be inspired? You don't want to go and see the Rosh Yeshiva in Lakewood and talk to him and get inspiration? Means you're not living in a world that's inspired. You're not living in a world of Kedusha. You want to live down here in this world. So attach yourself to the world. Your shoes are Neolim. Nal is to go up. You, when you wear your shoes, you're above the ground. You're not attached to the ground. You're not earthbound. You don't want to be Nale. Take them off. Walk to your car. See what it's like to be attached to the ground. We have to pick ourselves off the ground. We have to steig. We have to recognize it. It's this man of kimu vikiblu. Don't get yourself entrenched in the world with all of the schmutz and the narishkeit. Now we have a new season to worry about. Now we're going to worry about seven-foot schwarzes in their underwear running back and forth with a basketball. It's all chitzonius, it's a facade, it's narishkeit. It's a world of fake masquerading. 
It's a world of pnimi, it's a world of depth, a world of Torah. That's our world. That's Shabbos Zohar. It's a mitzvah and Purim to say, Oror Haman and Boruch Mordechai. You have to make a statement for once and for all. That's who I am. I'm a Yidam of Entoira. The rest of the world is Meshiga. Tachlis of Purim is to bring out your panemias. There's a Misa. There was a Yid Mendel Vider. I told this story before, but I think in this Nakuda it's very relevant. Mendel Vider was a Bocher who was a very big Eloi. Moiridika Talmud Chachem. And he went to yeshivas, and he was from the best, if not the best, bocher in the yeshiva. He had one problem. He was a muridik of And his rebellion told him, Mendel, you're a big Talmud Chacham, but you're a big Balgaiva. You've got to work on your midas. Learn a shtickle musr. Work on yourself. But you're a Balgaiva. Mendel just, uh, he, he didn't work on himself, he didn't listen, and he held himself to be a Moiridika Talmud Chacham, and he, he deserved all the covet in the world. His father was a Rav in the city where they lived, and his father was Nifter. So Mendel figured, who is more Roy to be the replacement for my father than me? Obviously, I'm a bigger Talmud Chacham than anybody here. And so, of course, I should be the Rav. For some reason, the people in the city did not think so, and he didn't get the job. He was very forbittered, very angry. So he decided, if they don't want me, I'll go to the Goyim. And he went to the church, and he offered his services as a Galach. And the church was more than happy to accept him, so he converted to whatever it is, and he became a Galach, Father Mendel. And he steigt. He became a bishop. And after he became a bishop, he steigt weiter, became an archbishop. And finally, he became a cardinal. Now, a cardinal in the church is one step below the Pope. And if the chilk is the cardinal wears a green beanie and the pope wears a red one, but I'll call upon him. The cardinal is one step under the pope. When the pope dies, they pick the new pope from the college of cardinals. So he was a cardinal. And he was known as Cardinal Mendel. And then Hitler came. And he sees what's happening to the Yidden and he starts to feel bad. He starts to feel a shtickle guilty because he himself riled up the Goyim against the Jews. And he has pangs of harata. And one night his Rebbe, the visionary Rebbe, comes to him in a dream and says, Mendel, you better do tshuva before it's too late. You better do tshuva. And so the next day he finds out that his Rebbe Taka died. And he realizes the dream is true. His Rebbe Taka came to him in a dream. His Rebbe had died. And he starts to really consider doing tshuva. And finally, one day, 
One night, he sneaks out of his office, he leaves the church behind, and he wants to go back to Klal Yisrael. He was very close. The only person that was Makar of him was the Skulena Rebbe. He took some of the Salems from the church that had the diamonds on them, and he asked the Skulena Rebbe if he could keep it, and he said, no, it's Usser, and he threw it all away. He had nothing. And he had a very hard time getting back into Kalal Yisrael. They rejected him. They resented him. He had given them tsaras, So he had a very hard time. The Skulena Rebbe was there for him. He eventually went to Eretz Yisrael. One day the Skulena Rebbe says to him, I want to ask you a question. He went to be a Galach. Became a bishop. He went from a horse to a bishop. Then you became the archbishop. Then you became the, the, the cardinal. Vos Epis, you had the name Cardinal Mendel. Why couldn't you be Cardinal Kurt? Come up with another name. What's that? You had to be Cardinal Mendel? Mendel is such a Yiddish name. What are you keeping the name Mendel for? So he said, he smiled. He said, you know, I'll tell you the truth. My last name is Vider. Vider in Yiddish means again. I always thought I would be Mendel Vider. I would once again become Mendel. In my heart, I always believed that I would once again go back to being the old Mendel. I didn't want to give up that name. And finally, day came, I came back. Every year has a panemius. It's Kodesh V'tohar. He went away from it and he came back. We haven't gone away, Baruch Hashem. But sometimes we get lost in this world. And we forget that the real world is the world of Torah. The real world is the world of Tfila. The real world is the world of Ruchnius, of Dveikus with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of trying to be like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And instead we find our inspiration in Narishkeit. Purim is a time to strip away the facade. Stop playing games and come face to face with who we really are. Each one of us has a Tselem Elikim. Each one is a Kadosh. Each one of us can be a Moiradik, a Moiradik, a Dehoi a Mensch. Purim is an opportunity to throw away all the Narishkeiten, bring out your Pneumius. Parsha Zohar is a time to stand up and say, this is Narishkeit. This is ridiculous. The world is crazy. The world of Amolek, the world that looks at things and looks at inspiration and says jump in puddles instead. That's the world we live in. And we can become G'doylem. We can become like the Obis HaKadoshim. We can become godlike. So let's be Zoyche to Akimu V'Kiblu to once again stay Takodesh Borchu. We want to be Mekabal Yotayra. We want to become close to. We want to shtaig. We want to grow. We want to reach our potential to be G'doylem. And Hashem, through these special days, these magical days that we're entering into, we can all steig and grow 
and become mamisha emisa yiresha mayim talmidei chachomim gedoyle teira, and through that will be zeicher to many of the brachas that come with all these young people.